Iowa everywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John Miller, Chris Williams, from the Channel Seed Studios, it's Miller and Williams. Presented by Wild Rose Casino and Hotel. Three locations in Iowa. Three times the fun. You'd rather be here. This is Iowa Everywhere. What's going on? It is probably Wednesday, the 11th of October, when most of you are tuning into this, unless you're a night owl, John Miller and Chris Williams, Chris Williams and John Miller, that would be, since I'm the one hosting the program. Uh, it is uh, later on Tuesday night. We are presented, as always, by our friends at Wild Rose Casinos in three locations, Jefferson, Emmitsburg, and Clinton. Three times the fun. John Miller, who just got back from Colorado. How are you, my friend? I'm good, man. Just uh, getting you know acclimated again to the flatlands. Dealt with a little uh, mild altitude sickness the last day. Kind of sucked. Sweaty. Palm, you know, knees weak. Mom's spaghetti and all that stuff. But no, glad to be back in Kansas City. And uh, man, the aspens are beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful when they turn colors. What? I'm so the, the aspens. Yeah, the aspen trees, most populous uh, tree in North America. I they have like that was eyeballs the name of a on town. Them. No, uh, there probably is an aspen. Colorado would be my guess, but um, you kids okay over there? As you're looking off to the starboard. No, mouth? actually, it's it's not. I had the I had the three year old. I had the or she's four now, I guess, and I had her watching the old cocoa melon. Locked it in yeah. for her. Yeah, normally she falls asleep while we do this podcast on Tuesday nights. I love that. I love that. And then the damn internet cut out in the middle of one of her shows. So now I got to restart the old. Uh, but the internet's fine because we're we're doing this show. So you, basically, cut out for so her. you basically have to you you give me a just a random topic and I'll talk about it for two minutes. Just something so random. This is a test. Well, I actually. So I, I I have a rundown for us tonight because I have I actually think we have some interesting topics. But you said something you before we before we went in want, before we went on that I yeah. thought was total bullshit. Yes, you said you're fighting altitude sickness. What I does was. that even mean? All right, so there's uh, there's severe altitude sickness and then there's mild altitude sickness. I had mild altitude sickness where you basically at certain elevations, your body begins to kind of fight you a little bit. So a couple of years ago, we were staying in um, Keystone. Keystone's about 11,000 feet. And after about three days into the trip, my oldest daughter, Grace, started to really feel fatigued, just felt really bad. Her chest started to hurt. And I started to Google things. And I think she was actually developing a serious case of altitude sickness. So we were in Summit County, which is about 90 minutes from the south side of Denver or so. And I, in a, one of the true times I've panicked as a parent, um, really? I said, listen, I'm going to drive her down the hill, uh, meaning that back to Denver. And she and I are going to spend the night in a hotel. I'll drive back up the hill the next day to fetch my wife and other kid. And we got about down to Idaho Springs, which is probably seven sixty five hundred feet. And instantly, Grace felt relief, and she was wow. fine. Really, it was that instant. That's and crazy. I think, I think you. It's probably best. So Andrew and I went to Colorado uh, back about five weeks ago. We stayed in uh, Vail, which is about eighty two hundred feet, and we didn't have any problems. The first night we got there, though, we stayed in Boulder for a night. And that's basically you're acclimating. You spent one night at about 53, 5,400 feet. Mm. Kansas City, where I live, is 900 feet-ish above sea level. And that acclimation helps you to deal with it better. But this time, we went right from 
the Denver airport straight up to Summit County, the Frisco, Dillon, Breckenridge area, and it's 9,000 feet. And a day four of our trip Saturday, watching football, I was really lethargic. Andrew and I went for a walk before that. And then that night, I slept horribly. I slept horribly the night before. I woke up the next morning, Sunday, because we had a we had a 10 a.m. flight, so we were up at 5.30. And, like, I had a hoodie on because it was cold. I broke out into a sweat. I had to take – I had my shirt off walking around shirtless out in the driveway, and it's freezing like 19 degrees. Yeah, and you know, all that chest hair just popping out. No, I shaved that. My wife likes to shave chest, so I shaved that. You still do now? Still do. Yeah, I actually just started to. She doesn't really like body hair. She's uh, a little uh, put off by hairs in the shower basin. Oh. Like it causes her to like get. Yeah, no, it does reflex. it to me like, too. Yeah. In fact, one of my like biggest fears in the world is walking. It could, anything's dry is fine. Barefooted and any sort of wet like pavement or whatever where there might be a hair like pools are horrific for me public pools that's kind of a honestly like that's kind of it's it's making my blood pressure rise right now just thinking of that hair yeah and it's it's knowing that my feet might touch these hairs what do you think of that what are you doing to that no what do you you think of that look you didn't see what it is it's, Look, it's, it's a chair. It's a chair. Oh, that's uh, my hair. body hair. Jesus, that was Lord. my chest hair. Doesn't it just grow right back? Yeah, that's the problem. I'm not yeah. gonna get laser surgery on my chest. Kind of weirdo oh, come would do on. that. Probably, you're not gonna do that. I said I'm not oh, going okay. to get laser surgery oh, on my I, chest. I thought you said I'm gonna get laser surgery on my chest, and I was like, you're not doing. No, that. no, might laser the pubes off. No, not really. There might have been a, there might have been a few other hairs mixed in with those chest hairs. I'm not gonna lie to you. He is John Miller. My name is Chris Williams. We are in the Channel Seed. Was that studios. enough filler time to get the get the TV yeah, we, reset? Did we do a good job? We got it back going. We're locked okay, and loaded good. here. Now and on the, with the uh, show. A couple of topics that I just wanted to get to today. I don't I don't really want to talk about Iowa's quarterback situation. I feel like we've heard enough. Like people have already. Yeah. That's already been a thing. I did my bit on Sunday. I heard you yeah. a hassle on Monday. You did a fine job. Um, you know, I, I do. I did find it funny that Kirk's reaction in the post game when, yeah, after a one in nine start and a one quarterback rating in the first half, someone asked him afterwards if he ever considered going to the bench and bringing in Labus, and he acted like that was an incredible. He was just incredulous, <laughs> like what? Why? Why would? Why would that? Why would I do that? It's like, oh wow, okay. These coaches, man. So I'm sitting at Trice on Saturday night. To be honest, it kind of this this whole conversation kind of started with the the book thing that I'm working on, and I I did a deal with McCarney a couple weeks ago. I'm just really researching a lot right now, and I was thinking to myself on Saturday night. I was up at the press box, and did you have you seen the photos? From pregame, they did the fireworks for the intro. Like for I the saw, Jack. I saw Maddie Van, Maddie Van Dub's uh, photo today that he's yeah. turning into a poster. That's amazing. So I guess it was at that moment where I was looking around and it's like you know the team's two and three, you know, but like God, this atmosphere is incredible. Like this, you know, right. it's sold out. Like there, the whole day was just incredible. Like this Jack Trice thing that they did was just really perfect. It was one of my favorite things that I've ever seen in my time at Iowa state. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but for some reason I ran the numbers on, and the, and these aren't perfect. Cause some of these guys were there for like two years. Some of these guys played right. in the big eight. Some like th- this isn't perfect, but I, I decided to see, you know, where Campbell was conference record wise compared to his peers at Iowa state, because I truly believe John, and I've been saying this for a while that going into this new big 12, I think Iowa state's in a really good spot because Mm -hmm. I believe that it's finally not punching up a weight class every time it goes into the ring. It will sometimes 
TCU and Baylor are always going to have more resources. Like that, that'll never change. But it's not Texas resources. It's not Oklahoma. It's a, it's a different type of deal. Whatever. That's a different conversation. To me, I found these numbers to be staggering, and this is coming off of a team that wasn't good a year ago, right? After a four-win year, uh, I'm going to read you prior Iowa State coaches and their winning percentage in the Big Twelve slash Big Eight. Johnny Majors won 27% of his games. Earl Bruce was by far the best prior to Campbell at 43% of his games. Donnie Duncan, 26%. Jim Kreiner, 34%. Jim Walden, 31%. Dan McCarney, 28%. Gene Chizik, 14%. Oh, gosh. Paul Rhodes, 26%. Matt Campbell, 52%. And and Matt's been there a while now, right? So it's not like he's had like, oh, three good years and that's skewing everything. I mean, that's factoring in a, right. you know, a really good year with the Fiesta Bowl and then a really bad year, which was last year. So it kind of evens it out. And I guess like what, what hit me was, and, I, and I've realized this for a while, but I guess what what pulled it from me is not only is he he's basically winning half of his games, which there's a lot of fan bases out there, including yours, that would, um, you know, scoff at this. I'm sure, but th- my, I guess my point is like, look at what he's doing over over a long haul now, compared to anyone else who has ever been there, and it, I I don't know. I thought it the number really stood out to me, and maybe. Maybe it's because I was looking for it, so I'm a little bit biased. I, I thought that I, this number would give me some sort of – but to me, like, again, like, it – Iowa State now, every Saturday, like, you think they can win. Even if they don't, like, you think that they have a chance. Right. And, yeah. I mean, they were a seven-point dog to that TCU team and just and just killed them on Saturday. So, I, I don't what – do what do you think of that? You've been around this thing longer than I have, believe it or not. So I'll tell you this. I was really surprised when you sent me this and I saw that Dan McCartney's conference winning percentage is 28.4%. Yeah, but he was so um, bad early on. But, yeah, you're right. Me too. That's the one that stood out. It, 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 would, it would be good to look at, like, the splits over his first half of his career and his second half of his career. But what instantly came to mind was that was an era where if you beat Iowa, it yep. did not matter. It truly was the era of Iowa State's Super Bowl. That era has been long gone. Okay. That doesn't exist anymore because Iowa state is, you know, they've been there, done that. And it's, it's no longer a novelty when Dan led Iowa state to five consecutive victories over Iowa after 15 consecutive losses from Iowa state to Iowa, he could have been on Iowa's version of Mount Rushmore. Where would they put that at Decorah or somewhere where they have a little limestone, they could cut it out. So that's what surprised me that his Could conference winning percentage was that. Over what's that? Council Bluffs, the Bluffs. Council Bluffs, right? They 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 could use something right like there. That. As you're on your way up there on. Yep, yep. Dan McCarney, right there. Who would be the other three? For the entire state, or just Iowa State? Just Iowa State. I mean, I think you have to put Pollard up there. there you could put a billboard right next to it and have Pollard on the billboard. Um, Johnny Orr, I think. Uh, Dan Gable. Yeah, but, like it would make sense, but, but he's no a hawk. I get it. Johnny um, Orr, absolutely. Gary Kale Garrett, Sanderson. But yeah, you kind of have Fred. That. It's yeah. Fred Hoiberg, Johnny Orr, Jamie Pollard, and Dan McCartney. Okay, and I love. I like Jamie. I can't wait the next time I see him. George um, Niang. Well, there you go. So anyhow, that Brock I Purdy. Well, maybe he's maybe he's getting there. The good old system this quarterback Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy. Yeah, like that's wild too, because I would have never thought this, but I had a guy the other day, it's like if Purdy goes on, wins like the NFL MVP, do you put up a statue for him? <laughs> like is that <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, cause I said this over the weekend. Mac was there and it's just the it's pageantry when Mac's back, right? He wears his oh, baller. Listen suit. to him all day long. Yeah. And I make the point to a friend, which is actually how I got started with this. Like, are we in the like? Because Johnny Orr has a statue, 
and I, I'd argue that there were better basketball coaches at Iowa State that, than Johnny Orr that don't have statues. But it was what he represented. Like, it was this guy choosing Iowa State over Michigan and, like, saying, oh, we can be good, too. Right? It was, And it was his personality, and everybody could rally behind it, and he's the godfather of Hilton Magic. And I, I think I could make that McCarney argument. That because I I think without McCarney doing what he did, like Matt Campbell's not here doing this. But then you look at it; it's like twenty eight percent. Yeah, that's um. That you know what? You're not going to get me to slander Dan, um, and it feels like you're setting me up for that. Mm-mm. I know. No. Um, no, I, I just, I just I, it's fascinating conversation because the way it, 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 it really is. I, I was shocked. I'm still shocked when I'm sitting there staring at that 28. I mean, the number is so bad. I can see it without my glasses on. But Dan, what I here was my view of Dan. And I was, you know, doing uh, radio on KXNO during the Dan McCartney era um, towards the tail end of it. But of course, I was very intimately um, aware of the Iowa, Iowa State thing prior to that is. Dan was almost like um, back in the old, old, olden times talking about Roman uh, Greek times over in uh, Europe when they were fighting with swords and things like that. Sometimes they would not fight or wage battles with armies. Sometimes both sides would nominate a champion and those two would fight representing their side. And in a way, I kind of see Dan McCartney as the Cyclones champion. He is the person that came out, even though he was a former Iowa coach, former Iowa City guy, bled black and gold, hated Iowa State. But once he went over there, he went all the way. Dan's a Cyclone. And Dan was the Iowa State fans champion at a time when they really needed one. Mm -hmm. And when he got that first dub against – um, against Iowa that snapped that streak, that was huge. And then when he reeled off five in a row, including the 2002 game, Jamin, he ruined Iowa's season, a ruined Iowa's chance maybe at a national championship. Dan was Iowa State football's first champion in multiple decades. And I think the juice that he instilled in that program, the pride that he helped Iowa state fans feel the beginning to start believing that maybe we can do good things. I mean, I was in Arrowhead stadium when Iowa state lost to Florida state, which was bull crap. Mm. All right. I was, it, mm. Iowa state should have won that game. Um, but Iowa state didn't falter. They bounced back. Iowa state began to punch. They began to maybe punch higher than their weight class to use an analogy you brought up earlier in the show. Does Dan deserve a statue? If Iowa state chose to, uh, commission and erect a statue and honor and statue in honor of Dan McCartney. I certainly wouldn't. I'd say, okay, yeah, I see it. If they didn't, I'd say, okay, yeah, I see it. I mean, I see two twenty-eight point 28.4%. Dan McCartney represents far more than a winning percentage to the history of Iowa State football. Dan McCartney basically, I think, maybe made Iowa State fans feel like, hey, I'm in a dark alley. I've been getting my ass kicked, but I got this guy with me now. I got a chance. And everybody loved him. That that was the thing too. It's like still do. I don't know people that he don't. is a rock star walking around there, man. Like you should see it. Like the I don't know what is he. I think he's seventy now. I he is it. a yeah. freaking rock star walking around there, and he's such yeah, a baller it. too. He wears these tan suits. What is it? The seersucker. That's what it's called. He's just baller. When I am yeah, that age, I want to be that. like Dan McCartney. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's he's pretty he's pretty smooth. Um, this is I don't know if you were going to go here, but can I do like a yeah. a tangential, you know, interjection here and say Yeah. In 10 years from now, okay? 10 years from now. Next year, Iowa's uh backdoor pass to probably seeming better than they are as a program as it relates to this upper tier because i think a lot of iowa fans feel that i mean iowa's winning percentage for the last since kirk ferentz has got there's probably in the top 25 range of college football right but we all know that they've been you know i think getting some passes in the big 10 west that ends next year this week there are six teams who will be big 10 teams next year in the top 10 of the ap poll 
right? We talked about this weeks ago. Iowa is the eighth best program, maybe, in the Big Ten. When you look at it next year from a historical winning percentage, like say since Hayden Fry started there, it's not going to be easy sledding. In 10 years from right now, if you had $100 to wage, and let's just say it paid like, you know, plus plus the plus a thousand just to keep it interesting for you. Who would you wager has a better conference winning percentage? Mm. Iowa or Iowa State from 2024 through 2033, 10 football seasons, which football program will have the better conference winning percentage? I would probably put my money on Iowa State. That is a fascinating question. Think of this too. Conference winning, yeah. Conference winning percentage, okay? Yeah, I think Uh, it'll be. I I think I would put my money on Iowa State. I think Vegas would probably have a slight edge to Iowa just because of just to suck in the hawk money history. Yeah. (laughs) No, but I suck that money in. This is my whole point. Like, and I and I would make the opposite argument for basketball. I think Otzelberger's job's harder. Because like no, that conference is, is one of the best basketball conferences, if not the best basketball conference in the nation. Certainly last year, according to Ken. Well, Bob, and it's going to get you, worse, and we'll talk about that. Right um, with the with the with the G squad, maybe. So yeah, I love it. But yeah, th- think about it, contemplate it. In ten years from now, and I there's Iowa State fans look, listening to or watching this who have dealt with the Tavern Hawk thing who've dealt with who des moines and iowa football being beamed from river to river and all of those things that iowa state fans have felt were a perceived or real advantage for iowa and now iowa is going to be in a league where the two best winning percentages make it to the big 10 championship game i it it could be a decade or more longer before iowa gets back to indianapolis if they don't this year well, stack it and, up, like where they like, belong in these hierarchies of these new leagues. Well, okay, so we're going to put Iowa at eight. Well, so let, uh, let's go to Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. All right, there's three that USC, I think we would say Washington, are higher than Iowa. USC, Oregon. Washington, and Oregon. All right, there's six. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, there's seven. It's no better than eighth. No, it's no better than eighth. Iowa's now, a better Iowa, program than Nebraska, but I think you can make an argument that that might be a better job. Like that's a that's a different conversation. I, I as far yeah, as resources yeah, I mean, and stuff like that goes, they don't have an Iowa State in the state. They don't right. Like correct. that. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Iowa's clearly better than them. I I wouldn't I wouldn't try to defend against you in a court of law. All right, I would look for some. I, I would try to make a settlement before I had to debate that. Nebraska's football program. Is a they've got national titles tradition, you know. right? It's Nebraska, you know. Until you know, if Nebraska continues to suck or be just mad at the way that they've been, if they do this for another decade, mm-hmm. then we can, you know, as long as Iowa doesn't spit the bit. So let's just say it's eight at best. We can agree on that, right? Yeah. Okay, eight at best. So where is Iowa State in this hierarchy of this new Big Twelve? Well, let's go through the list. Um, TCU. Okay. TCU, There's one. Utah up there. Kansas State. Kansas Utah. State. So we're at three for sure, right? Um, um, what about BYU? I think historically you'd have to say BYU's program is better. And when you look at their built-in recruiting base, their built-in eyeballs uh, for with the Mormons around the country, I would put them ahead of Iowa State's program. But I'm not saying it's a wide chasm. I think Cincinnati is. Recruiting base. Yeah. Texas so Tech has a ton five. of resources. Okay, here that's sick. But the, but here's the thing. Taylor. Here's the th- okay. The, so, the difference so let, is let, the difference between one and eight isn't nearly as stark as where you're. That's at. it. That's the difference. That's exactly where I was going. That's it. So again, this is a thing where from week to week in this new Big Twelve without Texas and Oklahoma, it's I think it's going to be an incredibly entertaining conference. It's going to be a wildly unpredictable conference, right? Now, Colorado, we didn't mention Colorado. They're com- Maybe you did. Yeah, give we me them without Dion, and that job changes a lot. Agreed. And how long is Dion even going to be there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first Sun Belt job that opens up. 
he gone. He oh, didn't yeah. stay in Colorado. Um, so, but you're right. The difference is the gradient between the this upper tier and say seven and eight is probably about the gap between Big Ten six to nine. And so I agree. I think Iowa well, State you can see is it positioned. Right now, John, like tr- yeah. try and power rate the Big Twelve three through 14 right now or three through 12 right. it's impossible yep yep and that's going to be the future and that's going to be really entertaining and thankfully the big 12 has been able to secure a very uh a very competitive um television uh, contract for many years to come and they now have a chance to try to make this as entertaining as possible and with as many eyeballs as possible. And my guess is, is they probably have will have more eyeballs watching them than some people want to say and predicting the demise. I don't think that's going to happen. This isn't the old douchebag days where I you know, played the part of the hawk troll and said that Iowa State's going to be relegated to the Mac. And looking back on it now, that was a really dickheaded thing to say because they're there were a lot of people that were really scared about that and fearful about that. I met some people probably met some people's jobs concerned over that. I just left what I, what it was a really good job to come and start this blog with a bunch of friends. The, the cyclone fanatic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who, 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 (laughs) never mind. I'm not going to be a, yeah. So yeah, that was stupid. You're not that that we're nowhere near that. This is going to be an incredibly entertaining league. Um, and I think that you could make a case that over the next 10 years, starting next year, Iowa State has a better conference winning percentage. Now, some people are saying, well, duh, John, they're not having to play USC. And that's the and whole all this point. That. That's we the point of the conversation. I even forgot to say UCLA, by the way. Yeah. But that's the that's that's the point. Mm-hmm. Iowa has been successful. I am those memories that I have, those bowl games that I've went to, the conversations I've had, the joy that I've had, all that's real and never going away. But I do think in recent years, you'd have to really be myopic to not recognize and admit that Iowa's record has been inflated due to the poor quality of competition in the Big Ten West. And I I don't know how else you want to say it. Sure, they beat Ohio State 55-24. That, that, the last time they'd beaten Ohio State before that was, what, maybe a, a decade prior to that? And then before that was like 1990 or 1991, the gang Lou uh, murders on Iowa's campus, and they took the decals off, decals off. Maybe that was maybe there was one other before that. But it's it's rare. It's rare. Iowa victories over Ohio State, rare. Iowa got some licks in on Michigan and Penn State in the early part of the Kirk Ferentz era, but that has – changed direction quickly uh and yeah i think this is the reality for iowa i think i think a six and three conference record for iowa in the new big 10 probably feels pretty good probably feels really good seven and two rarefied air five and four six and three seven and two feels like- potentially get you in this new playoff in the new big 10 yeah if you go three and oh in your non-con and you're seven yeah. and two yeah got a you shot might be in this playoff is an at-large. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I know I've pissed some of you off. That's okay. When well, it, it'll July. depend. Like, it, it's like, you know, you ask me, well, I mean, if if, if Kirk and Brian are there, like, I, I would take Iowa State in that bet. Right. Because I just. Yeah, easily. Just think easily. that, yeah. you know, it's kind of like, to me, it's like watching Belichick right now. Like, I'm like, what are you, what are you doing, man? It, to me. You've probably experienced this. Most people have, especially who live in colder climates in the winter. You ever be walking through your house in the dead of winter and all of a sudden uh, there's a smell that comes in and you're like, what in the world is that smell? Where is that smell coming from? I don't know what this is. And you look under your couch cushions and you look under your couch and you look behind everything and you realize, oh, no, it's a dead mouse behind the wall. Mm-hmm. That's what Iowa football sort of smells like to me right now. <laughs> Had that happen to a roommate in college? Broke up with a girl, and she put a whole thing and bananas under his mattress. Just they just rotted. Dude, so, there. Sounds like sounds like bro made a really good decision because that's like that's how the fatal attraction stuff starts. Yeah, bananas but under the our, our apartment. Next thing you do. 
Huh? Our apartment smelled bad enough already because it's four college dudes. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. The next thing you know, a year later, if you stay with her and you get more serious and then you break up with her, that's when the horse head comes into the bed. Yeah. Not, not, not cool. So have you read it all about this Gonzaga to the big 12 thing for basketball? I, I rent uh, I read Brent McMurphy's rehash of somebody else who broke the story. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Go ahead and set the stage for those who don't. I'm about ready to jump well, ahead of you and break all sort of journalistic rules. Here's what, here's what I, what I know. And, and some of this is asking questions on my own too. Some of this may not even be out there. I, I don't know. I've given it to my premium people over at Cyclone Fanatic. Are going to break – we breaking news here tonight? I, I don't know I because I, I really haven't checked to see what's out there. I know that I'm not breaking, like, this part. The general the generality of it is that Brett Yormark, he realizes his place in the world, his being the Big 12, in football, right? And that is a distant third. And and maybe maybe not even third if you factor in the ACC. It just depends on are you going off of television money? Are you going off like I, what it you know top to bottom? This Big Twelve is a better football conference next year than the ACC, but they still have Clemson and Florida State, so that would make them better. So it it kind of just you know what you are. You're not the SEC, and you're not the Big Ten. And he for a while now has seen an opportunity with basketball. And to the point I've been making for five years, John, like you remember when ESPN plus started putting conference games on, what's the first game they did every year, Kansas, Iowa state. Why did they do that? Because people will buy subscriptions to watch it because they have big fan bases that are passionate. And that's the whole point, And that's the subscription model. My whole point's been, like, people will pay for basketball. Like, I know it doesn't draw the ratings, but if we're going to more of a subscription model for all this stuff anyways, people will pay to watch their teams in the dead of winter when they have nothing else to do. I, I, I know these people. And I think what he has seen and what he – his vision here is I think he wants to sell basketball as a second television package. So in the past – Everything is rolled into one. So when you right. buy a Big Ten television contract, you get women's basketball, you get volleyball, you get everything. And it's all rolled into one, which is why you see all that stuff on Big Ten Network, right? Like, it that's who owns it. Well, your mark believes that there's going to be value in taking the Big 12, if it is the premier basketball conference in the country, which – he believes it is. Uh, he believes that he can sell it at the next television rights as a separate entity. What that would include is some expansion with potentially Big 12-only schools. Now, we have seen this, right? This The Big East doesn't have football. So, Fox, I don't know what that contract's worth, but they pay for basketball only. So, this isn't, this isn't crazy. Uh, but Gonzaga's a draw. And they give you that late night television window. And he thinks that there's money to be made there. The question I have is what's after this? Like, are you going to try and raid the big East? Are you going to, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like is a St. John's is, I, I have no idea, but this is a really, um, I, I think this is happening. Like, I think it's 95. This might be done. Okay. Right. Right. From yeah, what I understand, and this is my own context telling me this, but then uh, I would also add, and y you know this as well as I do, when this realignment stuff starts to hit headlines, it's done. Like it, it, especially now, like when, it, because it it sounded like that had gone away. They got their Pac-12 schools. Now, I think your mark is fixing to make a couple of more moves and. So, but like, I, and I would also, I, I wouldn't do it if I'm Gonzaga. You're out there. You're basically like an independent. You get to go to all the tournaments. You got all these guys who come out there, and then they look like all stars playing against the rest of these guys in the in the Western Conference or whatever the hell it's called. I wouldn't do that, and then go be a geographical outlier and be taking flights, you know, on these small ass charter planes to 
Kansas and Iowa in the middle of the week. Like, I think that it's a bad move for them. But for the Big 12, you, you see what he's doing. I don't like it. I don't want this to happen. Stay at your sixth team with the new schools and go at it. But I think this guy's got real aspirations to create some sort of power basketball league, like an SEC-type conference that's basketball only with the Big 12. I, I, I just think if you do something like that, it enhances the survivability and um, health, not just survivability, but better health of the league as a whole, adding back in football. And you're the premier basketball league in the country um, or, or certainly like every year you can't have that debate without mentioning the Big 12. I mean, I get you not liking it, but I, I, I think it makes a lot of sense as an overall brand for the conference. Now, you're a WWE uh, fan. Um, mm-hmm. There's like what, Nitro, Monday Night Raw? What are some other shows? Nitro they... is like from the 90s, bro. Okay, well, help me out. You got Raw, SmackDown. You got AEW now, Dynamite. What ne- what ne- What networks do those air on? Um, TNT, TBS, USA, Fox. So one of those shows is on one network and then the other show is on a different network. Yeah. And they're making the money from selling multiple packages of it on multiple nights. And what, what was your correct, March background? Daddy-o. What was your March background? Uh, rock, rock aware, rock nation, entertainment, TV, entertainment, entertainment. Telling you. And I and I would also add, my friend, do not forget about our friends in the streaming industry. Our friends I'm telling you, for, like Amazon would pay, they would overpay for something like that. It it's to me, it feels like it's time. All right. You look at Amazon and you look at the Amazon Prime. How many Americans have memberships and Amazon Prime membership? Uh a ton. I know Elise is right there. Uh, a ton. No, she have, can't hear. I got it in here. And I think she's a shit ton have memberships to Amazon Prime. Okay. And it's it's going to be so easy. Going to be so easy. Heck, Amazon, you know, they charge 25 or $29 for those Amazon Fire Sticks. They should give those away for free, frankly. Um, but probably enough people will pay for it. It's time for an Amazon or an Apple. But I think Amazon is better, maybe well, distribution network is always key in business. It's very hard to build, but once you have built it, you can run limitless opportunities, monetizable opportunities through it. And both Apple and Amazon are positioned to do this. I think it's time. I think what it's time. That'd be, be a interesting. big roll of the dice, but it's time. What would be interesting is that, you know, because the Big 12 is currently in bed with Fox and ESPN, and I don't think that they'll want to lose that reach I, I, I what would make sense to me for an amazon is if you owned the third tier so like psych that would be like cyclones tv which is currently on espn plus it's not called that anymore it's big 12 now is what it's called so that means you get all these crappy non-conference games uh any volleyball women's basketball that type of stuff you go to this one spot on espn plus like my vision, like to start with, would be that's where one of these things are housed. Would be like an Amazon, you know what I mean? And you're starting to get it people at because I, I know for a fact, John, I think the Big Twelve very realistically could have ended up with an Amazon game if the Big Ten would have. From what I understand, Amazon didn't want to do it unless they could get like three different leagues. So Amazon was wanting to get a Big Ten game, a Big Twelve game, and like a Pac twelve game. Because they wanted, they didn't want to just get in bed with one. They wanted it yeah, to be more of a well-rounded type deal. Whereas the Pac-12, yeah. you know, they're honestly like they. Or I'm sorry, Apple. Apple was talking to the Pac-12. That almost happened. That made a lot of sense. You look at like the stuff Apple wants. It's soccer. It's Formula One. It's you know the being associated with Stanford makes a lot of sense for what Apple is wanting. But like, I, I think Amazon, they're really, really, really pushing to get this NBA package. This next one, like the, um, 
it would be like the extra innings for baseball or like what YouTube TV has now for uh, for the NFL. And uh, they're not going away. Like, th- that's my thing. And, and I think your mark seeing this, and if it's strictly dollar signs, right, if it's only dollar signs that they care about, those options are going to be there when this next, next one comes up. Amazon or Apple will have a college football playoff game in two years. You mark my word. When that new contract comes, that's why they're opening this thing up. It's why the Super Bowl moves around. It's why if you look at the NFL package, you've got Amazon on Thursday. You've got Fox, CBS. Oh, now we're going to have an NBC game. We have ESPN Plus games now for these London ones. That's what they're doing here. And I, and I think your mark is seen into the future being like, it's not just going to be Fox and ESPN because they don't have all the money anymore, and we need more inventory to take to market. Yeah, I can't disagree with any of that. Just, you know, remember Fox owns like 51% of the Big Ten network. Mm-hmm. So they kind of get it coming and going on that. Um, and I think the Big Ten and Fox, I mean, that's just guarantees that they're going to continue to be partners mm-hmm. for a long time. No doubt. Um, unless Fox gets sold off to some other entity. But yeah, I, I think it makes sense. And I think it just helps the future survivability and competitiveness of the Big 12. Um, are, are you still of the belief that we all just get to like one super conference of teams and just make four divisions and that's how the playoff gets bracketed? Do you think that's where we're headed? I think contraction is going to happen next. I don't know tell if me that about answers that. your question. But no, my... Well, tell me about it. Are we talking relegation? Yes. Like the well, side. not like I don't think you can do that in college athletics. Like I know that I don't, gonna... I don't, you can't, the, yeah. the amount of money that you need to invest in resources and not just no, no way. Right. Yeah. Think about like, if you're the athletic director in a conference where there's relegate, like, what do you do with the soccer team? Like you have to know it's a business. You have to know, right. Whatever. Um, especially with like title nine and like, you, you just can't do it. I think this has been my theory for a while now. It's all been expansion, expansion, expansion. What's the next thing? We're already seeing this, John. Remember when back when you were on radio? Remember how taboo it was for a conference to not have an equal television package, you know, a sharing? Because the Big 12 mm-hmm. used to do that. Like Texas would get $15 million and Iowa State would get 6 or whatever. Mm. This is back when the numbers right. weren't that big. Right. Like, it's already becoming now, like, Oregon and Washington are saying, hey, we'll take half the amount, just let us into your league. And you've got Clemson and Florida State that are saying, we'll stay in the ACC, but you better give us twice as much as everybody else. What's right. next? When when Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State and Michigan are looking at Vanderbilt and Rutgers and Indiana – that aren't carrying their weight, but but we're still going to let them take a hundred million dollars a year that we're right. funding. What's next? They're gonna they're gonna contract. Like I, I I truly believe that Vanderbilt's a founding member of the SEC. I don't think they'll be in the league in fifteen years. That's the only so, way that they can make more money. And the you can't grow anymore. Like there is, it's not possible. So for, in fifteen years, okay, fifteen years from now. Let's say there's a, a contraction, like you just hypothesized. What is the uh, what do you think the Big Ten teams that remain could make per year? Hundred and fifty million, two hundred million. I don't think so because the- quarter million, five hundred million. No, is that too high. No, I don't think I don't necessarily think the numbers are going to keep going up. Is that too? Oh, so you don't think the amount of money they make goes up? Right? I'm just That's saying, like, it, like let look at it this way. I mean, ESPN is a very different company now than it was two years ago. They yeah. wouldn't be able to pay as much right now. They wouldn't pay as many. How do you keep the number going up if you're Ohio so State you, or Michigan? Right. You got to get rid of some of these. Trim the fat. So you can eat more. 
Okay, so then you just said that you don't think the number is going to go up, but now you say you need to trim the fat so the number can go up. What do you That's think? That's how the number, the number goes up years? if you don't have as many mouths. If to there's feed. contraction, hypothetical. Yeah. If there is contraction. Oh, okay? yeah. Okay, I see. I'm sorry. What's now the we're number the in 15 page. years? I don't know. 150 million. I mean, that's going to be dictated a lot by Congress too. Let's be honest, and the NCAA and oh all that God, stuff. Like, I want who's... the man to give me a number so I can <laughs> show him where he's wrong okay. and share 200. with everyone. Two hundred. Two hundred million dollars. Okay. There Each and go. every Big Ten team gets nearly one billion dollars per year in research grant money by being a part of their Big Ten network of academic institutions, right? The Big Ten isn't contracting anyone because it's still it's still federal grant research money dwarfs anything that the athletic departments do, and they equitably share it across. And a Rutgers may suck ass on the football field, <laughs> but they've got a really good research university. Okay, so, so what happens if there's a breakaway then? What do you mean that there's a breakaway? So, like, you you're, you're like, what happens if it if it turns into we're gonna have the top thirty two teams or the top thirty teams and they're gonna play in their own college football division? Purdue's not okay. gonna be a part of that. No, Iowa may not be. But what happens? So, so can Ohio State be a part of that? But Purdue's not. I think you again. You get back to not stepping over dollars to pick up dimes, and. These universities let these presidents allegedly vote on who to let in and who not to let in. Nebraska was let in, but then they very quickly their AAU certification was revoked. They're the only non AAU member in the conference. So, frankly, if there's going to be contraction in the Big Ten, I'd probably start right there from a dollars and cents standpoint. Again, realizing and knowing that the Big Ten institutions get nearly a billion dollars a year each in research grant dollars that dwarfs anything I and mean, we're sitting over here saying oh my gosh the big 10 is going to get 100 million dollars a year per school and tv rights it's like nine or 10x less than what the universities universities generate in uh, research dollars i now this isn't true of every university but it is of the big 10 so ohio so state the wants SEC to leave the big 10 wants to yeah. leave the big 10 to go make to go be a part of this new football collective where they might make $200 million a year, which could jeopardize their $900 million to $1 billion a year. That is not. So happening. why didn't that save the PAC 12? I, I, I can't imagine that the big 10 academically was much better than that old PAC 12. Why didn't that save the so, PAC 12? So I think, uh, I don't think Oregon state and I don't think Washington state are AAU members. Cal Stanford are of course, uh, Washington and Oregon are Colorado also is, I think Utah actually might be too. And I'm not I'm saying sure Arizona is, whatever. Arizona is, but Arizona state is not right. There, there were reasons why some of those schools were never going to get into the big 10. And I'm still a little irritated that the big 10 didn't bring in Stanford. I mean, it's an unbelievable uh, institution, but I think that the, uh, academic, yeah, but that the, does, you know, eight, doesn't that argue the whole academic point though? Like that, no, no. I I think no it, was, it does and I was saying, like why wouldn't you want but, Stanford if it's that like I, that doesn't make any sense they why'd they take Oregon over Stanford Oregon is an AAU member I understand I'm not saying that Stanford is Stanford one of the one of the top five academic probably top two academic institutions I would agree with you I'm just telling you what I know to be physically a fact as it relates to the Big Ten's consortium of sharing research dollars and also uh, sharing research. I just don't see that being broken unless, you know, in some world, uh, Ohio's, well, here's the thing. Um, I still think that the NCAA is going to dissolve and we're going to have like uh, a collection of club teams, uh, a, a yeah. club style I agree. Um, organization that oversees it all. And the football programs will no longer be officially affiliated with the university. Okay. So that's, that's how we get to what I'm talking about then. Right. That's how it happens. That's how it happens. Is the, is, is that once, once the athletic departments are no longer officially governed by the NCAA and there are more club teams, which makes a lot of sense, also liabilities potentially future for these universities, 
that is how you get your cake and eat it too. If you're a club team, do you have to abide by Title Nine? No, I don't think so. It's trying to think around, like with NIL and all that stuff and paying these players. If you're a club team, that could be how they get around it with football having an eighty-five. Yeah. You, you you pay you pay rent to use Kinnick Stadium. You pay rent to use Jack Trice Stadium. The the Iowa State Football Club and the Iowa Football Club they are out fundraising for themselves. There's no more uh, you know Iowa State Foundation or Iowa Foundation. Um, there is a governing body that oversees it that has more that will have like a commissioner. I think that absolutely is coming. And then these universities will no longer have liability as it relates to, you know, 20 years down the road when science absolutely can hone in on brain damage that's caused from this sport and all the lawsuits that are going to come. You know, I don't have to deal with that. God, we covered a lot of ground tonight, John. Feels good. And I got to tell you, Jimmy Buffett's last song before he passed away that's on the air now you can google it that's where we're getting to at this podcast right now it's five o'clock somewhere that's the only jimmy buffett song oh the cheeseburger song jimmy released a song it was released posthumously that it was the last song he recorded paul mccartney's actually on the base of this song google it and you will laugh okay Are you, oh, you Google it while we speak? Yeah, you told me to Google it. Okay, you're Jimmy right. I guess I need to keep last talking. song. Last recorded what? song, Like My Dog? No. <laughs> That's what Google says. Okay, well. Bubbles up. Second to, no. Gosh dang it. This went horribly wrong. You know, I'm, not, I'm not even going to tell you just now. Ki- my gummy just kicked in. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. That's the there stage of the podcast that we're at right now. He really did. He did three of them together, and I read the I read the other two first, and then I saw. You read the, the other two. I'm like, this is a bad <laughs> bit. This is a horrible bit. You're bringing me down, literally. Getting parched you, man. in here, man. We'll Everybody, have a fantastic rest of your week. This was good to get away from the six of twenty one and Matt Campbell hot seat and all that garbage stuff that we usually talk about he's john miller my name is chris williams thanks for watching thanks for listening iowa everywhere